Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan and the family. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Well, today we are going to be going into the second book of Corinthians. Are you guys excited about that? Yes. yes. I hope you got your Bibles with you because I got my family and we are ready to go. Sure. So let's start off in chapter one. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and from our brother Timothy. I am writing to God's church in Corinth and to all of his holy people throughout Greece. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God our Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves were comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our suffering, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the providence of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God, who raised the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. We can say this with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom. That is how we conducted ourselves before the world, and especially towards you. Our letters have been straightforward, and there is nothing written between the lines and nothing you can't understand. I hope someday you will fully understand us, even if you don't understand us now. Then on the day when the Lord Jesus returns, you will be proud of us. In the same way, we are proud of you. 
Since I was so sure of your understanding and trust, I wanted to give you a double blessing by visiting you twice, first on my way to Macedonia, and again when I returned from Macedonia. Then you could send me on my way to Judea. You may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make my plans carelessly? Do you think I am like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? For surely, as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes. And through Christ are a man, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Did you guys know that a man means yes? Yeah, no. That it meant so let it be, Lord. It basically means yes, so let it be, Lord. It means yes. It means like I agree with that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our heart as the first installment that guarantees everything that has been promised to us. So you know that? The Holy Ghost is a guarantee? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a guarantee of yeah. salvation. Yeah. Yep. And walking in the fruit of the Spirit are what shows that you know you've got that guarantee. So we should be full of love and joy and peace. Right, guys? Amen. Yeah. Now, I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you the severe rebuke. But that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy, for it is by your own faith that you stand firm. All right, second chapter. So I decided that I would not bring you grief with another painful visit. For if I cause you grief, who will make me glad? Certainly not someone I have grieved. That is why I wrote to you as I did, so that when I do come, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know that my joy comes from your being joyful. I wrote that letter in great anguish, with a terrible heart and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much love I have for you. So you guys see, he's, he's talking about the first letter that he wrote. He's talking about Corinthians 1, which is what we just read. Cool. You guys realize how some of that he was telling them not to do some of the things that they were doing? It was kind of like disciplining. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he's talking about. He said he wrote that letter to him because when he showed up, he didn't want to grieve him by telling him all that in person. So he's like, I wrote you the letter so you could learn. Now when I show up, we can, we can talk about good things. Yeah. So let's continue. I am not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. 
Otherwise, he might be overcome by discouragement. So he's talking about somebody who's doing a lot of bad things in the church. And they t- he told them to get rid of them. And now he's saying, okay, now it's time to let him back. So I urge you now to confirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. When I come to the city of Toros to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me and I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus hadn't yet arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant procession. Now he urges us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance raised up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are the dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like many hacksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. You guys know that God's watching you, right? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, he sees everything we do. That's awesome. Well, we're on to chapter number three now. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others? Do we need to bring you letters of recommendation? Or who asked you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letters of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is not written with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written law, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, The Spirit gives us life. So that's the covenant that we're living under right now, guys. We're living under the covenant of the Spirit, right? Right. Life more abundantly. Yeah, it's not. we don't have a book of laws that we have to follow. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit in our own lives. We got to make sure we're following Him, right? Amen. He's going to show us the difference between them right here. The old way, the law etched in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God. 
You guys remember that story? When Moses got the law, they said he went up and talked to God. When he came down, his face was shining. And it was so bright that they couldn't look at him. No. Yeah, it's in the Old Testament. That's what he's talking about right here. His face was so bright, he had to wear like a, like a cloth over his face so he didn't blind everybody. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I recognize it. Yeah, well, he's going to talk about it right here, so listen up. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life, if the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever so he's talking about the difference between living under the law in the old testament and living under grace in the new testament and living under the holy spirit and with the holy spirit to lead and guide us is much more glorious right (laughs) yeah since this new way gives us such confidence we can be very bold we are not like moses who put a veil over his face. See, that's what I was telling you guys about. So the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was designed to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, When they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. And whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changing into his glorious image. Wow, that's powerful, guys. That is powerful. We've talked about, you know, people in the world not having wisdom and teaching that to our kids. And that's... That's because they got a veil over their eyes. Because until you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't see things clearly the way God wants it. So he gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can have a better, clearer vision of his will. That's really good. But let's move on to chapter number four. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news that we preached is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is God of this world. Now that's a little G God, guys. That's not a big G God like our God, the king of the universe. That's a little G. 
because he's not as big as our God, right? Yeah. But yeah, the Bible says here that Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. You guys understand that? The devil literally blinds people so they can't understand. That's powerful. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Yeah, he's the likeness of God because he's God wrapped in flesh. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Christ Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have the light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed. We are not driven into despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Though suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you all of this is for your benefit and as god's grace reaches more and more people there will be great thanksgiving and god will receive more and more glory that is why we never give up though our bodies are dying our spirits are being renewed every day that's why it's important that we renew Amen. our spirit every day, right, guys? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't just get the Holy Ghost once. We continue to be filled with his spirit every day. Yes, sir. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things we cannot see. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Mm -hmm. Isn't that powerful, guys? Mm -hmm. It's so good. Yeah, we don't look at the trouble that's going on in our life. We remember that we serve Jesus. We get to live in heaven forever, right? Mm -hmm. Right. That makes the little stuff that we're going through now not a big deal. Now let's move on to chapter number five. This chapter's all about the new bodies. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave our earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, 
an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. What do you guys think? You guys want to get another body? Yeah. Oh, I want a glorified body. Amen. Yeah, glorified body. Perfect body, Victor. Yeah, when we go to heaven, we get new bodies. We long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothes. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. You guys get that? The Holy Spirit is our guarantee that we're going to get a new body in heaven one day. Amen. Yes, that's our sign. That's awesome. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not yet home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. We live by faith, not sight, guys. Yes, we are fully confident that we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in the body or away from our body, our goal is to please Him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. Everybody's going to stand before God and get judged one day, guys. Right. Are you guys going to be ready? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we better be. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So if we do a bunch of good things for God while we're alive, we're going to receive a lot of rewards when we get to heaven. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's not Amen. all about being bad and getting punished. It's also about being good and getting rewards. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere. And I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for us all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. 
no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his approval through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That is powerful, guys. That's the whole gospel message right there. Amen. Yeah, that is a powerful chapter in the Bible. And let's move on to another powerful chapter. Chapter number six, guys. Yes. We're going to do this one, and then we're going to end in prayer, and we're going to finish the book next week. We're going to finish the whole book of 2 Corinthians next Bible study. Wow. Yeah. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. That's powerful, guys. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault in our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, we have been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, and by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth God's power is working in us and we use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense we serve God whether people honor us or despise us whether they slander us or praise us we are honest but they call us imposters we are ignored even though we are well known We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. That is awesome, guys. That is exactly what the life of a Christian is all about, right, guys? Amen. We may not have everything we want, but we're never in need. We're always happy. Even when troubles come our way, we're full of joy. That's powerful. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? 
And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. What a great way to end for the day, guys. That was a good scripture. You guys ready to go to the Lord in prayer? Amen. Yeah, this should be our favorite part of the day, dudes. Going to the Lord in prayer. Connecting our heart with His. So I hope everybody that's listening is ready. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and go to the Lord, guys. Dear Lord Jesus, Jesus, thank you so much for this time in your word, God. Help us to continue, Lord, to reach the lives of everyone we come in contact with, that we can point them towards you, God, the difference maker in this world, that we can show this world that we have the answer to every problem that they have, and his name is Jesus Christ, that you'll let this Bible study touch the lives of everyone who listens to it and help us continue to plant this word in our hearts, God, that we'll have a firm foundation to stand on and to build our life on. We worship you and praise you, and in Jesus' name we all say, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm so glad everybody joined us today. Amen. And we can't wait to come back again with everyone. Absolutely. And until next time, may God richly bless you. Amen.